I don't do the top sheet anymore. That is, get out of here. Get off fitted this sheet. Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of TMNT Shellcast. I'm your host, Chris, joined, as always, by my brothers, Andrew and John. John, how are we doing today? We are doing mighty fine. Yes. Andrew? Also mighty fine. Perfect. So, quick turnaround from our last episode, where we left the Turtles, uh, having defeated the Eye of Sarnath, or Zarnath, depending on how you want to say it. Um but first, just a gentle reminder for all our social media. Uh, you can find us at TMNT Shellcast on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. I believe John finally created one. Um, you can also find us on YouTube, the podcast streaming on all major streaming platforms. And if you ever need to figure out where to go, TMNTShellcast.com has all of that information along with segment descriptions of the show and uh, soon to come merchandise. Um, so thank you, Andrew, again for setting up the website. We also yeah, have the call in line. What is it? The the turtle. Turtlecom. Turtlecom. Yep. So I don't know what the phone number is. If there is a phone number, um, there's a there's a link. It's there's a uh, green button right on the website below the logo. So right at the top there, or you can look in the show notes. There's a link. The first link after it says Calabunga. We'll get Perfect. you to the Turtlecom voicemail link. So send in some voicemails. First person we have a voicemail, we'll get a prize. I will pay for personally. What's so the status on the voicemail? merch? Uh, we're still in legal battles. So I think I'm going to put some up that doesn't have the pod name on it, which seems to be the issue. So I have some ideas for merch that is nameless, but still awesome. So I should hopefully, I'm going to work on that today, actually, after we record. But... Cool. Before we start the show, I'm also due for a, I'm going to put punishment in quotation marks because this pizza time is actually going to be very enjoyable. Pizza time. Uh, last episode spun the wheel and got cheese pizza. So we're a little bit cold. After. Haters oh, are going wow. to say this is burnt. I did this intentionally. I like a little charred pizza. It gives it a little texture. It gives it a little crunch. So Chris, I'm, is, I'm, is that true to the uh, the turtles? Yes. Toppings? I did not put anything on this. I know Andrew, <laughs> a little controversially, has been putting Except. Parmesan cheese, red hot pepper flakes. I think I saw some pepper on the last pizza. So this is just pure unadulterated carbon, carbon. pizza. No, this is this is how you want it. If this was hot, this would be a ten, but. Probably gonna have to ding it. You only burnt one side of it too. Yeah, well, how did you burn the top? What do you run broil on the oven? Yeah, he left it in. Oven. He left it in too long. <laughs> I didn't leave it in too long. Just, I wanted to do this. Did you go right on the rack or did you go on the pan? Right on the rack. rack. Come on. I'm just. Asking. I mean, this is an eight and a half. This would have been a ten if it was warm. Eight and a half out of ten. Okay. So that's right above 
extra crispy crust and right below pepperoni in our rankings here. I think that's a perfect that's a perfect window. Pretty good. I would have gone a little higher personally, but yeah. So we do we have more pizza flavors this episode. Hopefully we get back to the unique pizza flavors. I think Karma has given us all a, a tasty pizza the last time we've had to do it. Chris, your raisin bran pizza was an eight out of ten. Yeah, that was good. Crunchy and you get the smell of cinnamon, a little salty and sweet going on. The funniest thing about that is when I went back to make the trailer, there's a clip of Chris complaining about how bad cinnamon would be on pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and then two episodes later or three episodes later, he's eating the raisin bran cereal talking about how great it smells in his house <laughs> that there's cinnamon on pizza i was hoping nobody else would notice that because i went back to watch the first couple episodes and i caught myself it was right the episode where they actually we added it to the wheel yeah well i, I think too i think some chris you may have said that anchovy and peanut butter would be good yeah i still I think, think you did. that i still i still believe that well, I I can tell you we had um, at least had made some homemade Caesar dressing with the anchovies that we used for the pizza. Man, what a great dressing with fresh anchovy! Yeah, yeah I feel like anchovies are made for for dressing, not for just eating straight up. You know, it's good too if you're making a pasta sauce. You put a little in the oil before you cook your vegetables. That's good too. Just adds. This. Wait, what? Before you cook the vegetables? What? Yeah, you don't put like onions in your sauce? Have you ever made a pizza sauce or pasta sauce? Yeah. Talking to anchovy, are we? Yes. Yeah, you, just you heat the oil in the pan, you put the anchovy in, let it kind of melt into the oil, and then you cook your vegetables. You guys don't know how to cook. Yeah, no, I, yeah, you saute, yeah, you saute the, the holy trinity, right? Onions, yeah. celery, yeah. And carrots. Mirepoix. Yeah, the Holy Trinity the is Holy the Cajun or the Creole version, which has bell pepper, I believe. But green green capsicum. <laughs> Nobody calls it that in this country. Did, did you know? I think I think this might be a fact. Green peppers, red peppers, and orange and yellow. It's all the same, just different ripeness, right? Yeah. Yeah. And orange is the best version of all of those. Underrated pepper. But anyway. On with the show. So this episode, titled The Case of the Carol of Pizzas, gives us a new plot line, which is good. That's something we were asking for at the end of last episode. Um, and the last episode ended. We obviously had Shredder on the bridge getting ready to destroy it. Uh, his plot was foiled, and we were left wondering where he had gone to. So that is quickly answered as this episode opens with Krang on the Krang communicator in Dimension X, just laying into Shredder and Baxter. Um, for their their continued failures. So Krang basically says, listen, Shredder, since you've been failing continually, I'm going to give you these eggs that you've been asking for. Um, and he kind of holds up, or Bebop and Rocksteady hold up these three eggs that look like little shriveled meatballs. Uh, they launch them through the portal wall with a tennis racket. So I think Rocksteady <laughs> serves it up and Bebop just slams it home. And it uh, goes flying through the, the portal wall Baxter on the other end makes a diving catch, very nice catch, sliding across the table uh, just before they hit the ground. Yeah, Bebop, I'm not really sure what Bebop and Rocksteady are doing. They seem to have switched alliances 
with Shredder and Kring pretty quickly. They're just living up in Dimension X, really not much going on, I think, for them. Other than, you know, dumping on Shredder. Yeah, but I love that they're back. Yeah. It's nice yeah. to have them back, that's for sure. And yeah. the tennis racket, alien egg, like right through the portal. Great. Yeah, it was like one, I guess, like, was Sh- I know Shredder was asking for some help. I don't recall him ever asking for the eggs. He really just wants his foot soldiers, right? I think so, yeah. The, the, um, get, Bebop and Rocksteady, the mouse, whatever. Like, yeah, he just needs reinforcements. Hmm. But, yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady are basically just fucking around in Dimension X. Yeah. That's a classic I don't care move to just, oh, you want these eggs? Let me huck them at you with the tennis racket. Um, like Rocksteady also, yeah, he sends through. The computer paper came through. Yeah. He sends through a list of instructions that, to John's point, is it's like the, the, cartoon scroll that unravels and goes all the way down to the floor um so those get hit through and then we we go to baxter and shredder walking down the sidewalk in 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 the middle of the city shredder is back in his robe disguise uh that he had in the bank robber episode and baxter is basically asking shredder hey how how are we going to get these eggs to the turtles um shredder says you know what they're going to come to us and at that moment they walk on this newsboy and he's holding these flyers for a free pizza bake-off with prizes being held conveniently that day. Um, He's waving them around, crying out, you know, free pizza, free pizza. Shredder gives a little scare to him. The flyers go up into the air and with his ninja skills, Shredder catches them all before they hit the ground. Um, As he's looking at the flyers, he kind of looks at Baxter and says, listen, this is exactly how we're going to get the turtles. They can't resist free pizza. Everybody knows that. So he stuffs them down a sewer drain, opens up a fire hydrant, and lets the water wash them down, hopefully to where the turtles are somewhere down there. Yeah, the way he opens up the fire hydrant basically just takes his gauntlets and then turns it. Shredder just has super strength. He's so strong, and he's a good villain. Yeah, so the funny... You make a claim for him to come back to number one, John? No, I, I mean, I, I could, but it's just, I, I feel like I dump on Shredder a lot because he's so foolish. But he's got mad hops, he has super strength, and he can be a little bit unruly at times. But he's great at insulting Baxter, and he's funny. Case closed. Yeah, I would also say that's not how you open a fire hydrant. He popped the side off. You're supposed to turn the top so that the water actually flows out. But apart from that, I guess good job. The water flows out the top? No, the, the top is the valve. Valve? Yeah. And the side is where you connect the hose. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Mm. So down in the sewer, we're now down in the sewer. The turtles are training, as always. Um, Splinter and Leo are off to the side playing a game of chess, Battle of the Wits. Donnie is is finishing his latest invention, which is a spar sparring dummy with uh, that's built out of a washing machine. And Donnie's getting ready to to train against this thing. So as Donnie's kind of putting the final touches onto the washing machine, Splinter gives a little advice to um, 
to Mikey and basically says, hey, you know, make sure you're studying your opponents before you engage them in battle. Mikey kind of brushes it off, says, listen, Splinter, if I can't beat this washing machine, then I'm just going to turn in my nunchucks. And as he's saying that, the dummy's turned on, starts spinning around, and bundles him, basically, just sends him off spinning. So another another uh, Mikey gets a taste of his impatience medicine early in the episode. When's he going to learn, John? He is never going to learn, it seems. But he, when it matters, that's when he comes in and, and survives and does what he needs to do. He thrives under pressure. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. But it's still so, sad to see. Still sad to see. <laughs> All right. So, as Mikey is sent off spinning by this washing machine dummy, Raf steps in to save the day. He takes a sigh, throws it at the uh, outlet, and unplugs the machine and earns a little bit of praise from Splinter, who says, great job, and says, you know, sometimes the best strategy, or sometimes sabotaging an enemy's line of supply is more effective than a frontal attack. I wonder if, like, that seems like a very Art of War Sun Tzu quote, like, lesson. I wonder how much it is reflective of something like that, you know? Like, how much they, like, the lessons that Splinter teaches are from, you know, Art of War, like, we had a biblical verse kind of thing way back when. So, yeah. Yeah. They almost try and present him as like a master, obviously the master of, of the ninja arts, but like, he's almost like a philosopher in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I did Um, notice in this splinter says washing machine. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. Very grand move. Yeah. I think it's, it's like a New York thing. I think washing, washing, Philly thing. That's funny. But um, like water. So speaking of washing machines, we're going to pause here for our first segment. We're going to do best worst, and we're going to do chores. So we'll get to it in a little bit. There's another laundry reference in this episode, which for me triggered my childhood chore of laundry. Um, so we'll pause here to do it. So we're going to start with John. We're going to start with best. We'll go John, Andrew, and then myself, and then we'll cycle through the worst. So, John, whenever you're ready. Okay. Best chore, in my mind, grocery shopping. Because I can, I go, it's usually, I've been designated the shopper. So, I'll spend some time Saturday, Sunday morning putting together a little list, drive there, pop in the headphones, walk around. I'm just a big fan at the grocery store I go to. They have the little um, scanner with my membership card. Yeah, I have the scanner. So I just walk around, scan and put it in the bag. It's a nice little hour, hour and 10 minutes that I can spend just sort of listening to a podcast. Maybe this podcast, maybe. Maybe, maybe suggestion tra- for future people. But yeah, maybe grocery charge, shopping, that's my best. Charging up the Tesla? Yeah, charge up the T-Man. Nice. Number one. I think that's can be the best chore, but also a crowded grocery store is the worst place on earth, especially yeah. if you're trying to check out. And when once you have kids, grocery store shopping can either be the worst thing, or it could be your you know hour of time alone to yourself mm-hmm. where you're just reveling in 
not having any distractions. Yeah, I I will say I go very early in the morning so that I avoid all of the crowds. But checkout, it's just when you have the scanner, you just click a button and then you scan it on the thing and your whole grocery bags are good to go. You just walk out. You don't have to weigh anything? Well, so if you're getting produce, they put all of these little scan- like weighers and barcode. barcodes oh, gotcha. so that you, you weigh it, you print it. I usually just stick it to the list that I have, scan that, and then go. So convenient. So convenient. I've never used one of the scanners. Like as I'm shopping. Yeah. It's uh, it's like the best because zero interaction with cashiers. And it's just easy. I can pack my bags the way that I want to pack them in my totes. I got totes like a true liberal. You're Yeah. Let's just see a reusable <laughs> bag guy. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, you can save the environment because there's only in Boston no more plastic bags, only paper. So yeah, it's either totes or paper, and I'm not doing paper. I feel like that's the only way you can get people to move away from plastic is give them only one option, and then they'll. Do you have the one that you wrote meat on? It's only for meat. The reusable bag. That's a classic move for people that have those. No. What? It's disgusting. They keep the meat. They use. They reuse the same bag for whenever they're buying meat, so it doesn't spread bacteria. Mm, I put uh, no. Whenever I buy meat, yeah, I you wrap it in the plastic, plastic bag. bag. So John's still using plastic. Yeah. So yeah, John's just a but, he's all show, no go. When it comes no. down to it, he'll use the plastic if you need. I take it. those plastic bags. And you know what I do? I fill them with cat poo and cat pee, and then I take that and I put it in the trash. So I'm getting multiple uses out of that, and <laughs> and and it's actually biodegradable. Really, it's not like the classic. Yeah, the Trader Joe's style. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, nice. Andrew, your best chore. Uh, easy, mowing the lawn. Oh, I had that number two. Yeah, yeah, that's the best, Andrew. That was my number one. Yeah, I mean, it's relaxing. Sometimes, I mean, it's not always the best. There's some weekends where I'm just like, damn, I gotta, I still gotta mow the lawn. But in general, it's a couple hours or an hour, you know, I have a small lawn, so hour or two of Zen, no distractions, no dogs, no kids. You just got to worry like what toys were left in the yard. And what was that noise of the thing I just ran over? I will. The only, the only downside is it can be very dependent on the type of lawn that you have. If you have a giant lawn, it can be inconvenient. If you have a lot of Hills that can be tough too. Yeah, but that's where the lawnmower comes into play. Like, if you choose the correct lawnmower, you should have an enjoyable lawn mowing experience. Some of the ride-on lawnmowers have a, a slope. You can only go down so steep of a slope. Just how dude, I ended up, side dude. note, having to mow Buff's backyard by hand for like six summers in a row. Yeah. And- yeah, Hills, hills uh, I'll put that on the uh, the home builder. If if you've got aggressive slants, that's that's on them. And the, what's great about mowing your lawn is you're always doing it when the weather's nice because you can't mow your lawn when it's rainy out. So it's you're always outside working yeah. on the farmer's tan, you know? Remember when dad used to try to sneak it in before a rainstorm or something or during a rainstorm occasionally? The craziest thing about dad is he would mow the front yard on one day and the backyard on another day, and they weren't big enough to warrant having to separate it between two different days 
Yeah, but Damn. I understand that now having even smaller front and backyard. Sometimes it's nice just to get the front done because that's what everyone sees. And then the next day, just tackle the back. I've done it. But and he, he would ride on lawnmower. Yeah, now he does. But he had, he also would. He has would two ride on lawnmowers, John. It's two. He, has he two. took my old one. Yeah. He cuts his grass so, so short. Like he would mow the lawn every single week. And he probably had the blades at the at the lowest setting that they were. Yeah, which he's is finally unnecessary. He's finally realized that. Well, last year was the first year he his lawn stayed unburnt for the entire yeah. summer. Yeah. So anyway, mowing a lawn, best chore. That's yeah, mowing the lawn. So mine can, is somewhat. You can drink a beer at the same time. That's a good point. Can you do What's that in the store, John? I don't think so. No, you cannot. Yeah, not in Massachusetts, anyways. No public alcohol consumption. <laughs> So mine is somewhat similar to Andrew's in that it's very visually satisfying. I'm going with dusting. So the nice thing about dusting, you can throw some music on when you're doing it around the house. You get the instant satisfaction of seeing the results of what you're doing in the moment. And it's not something you need to do a bunch. Dust, at least in my house, doesn't collect super rapidly. So maybe every other week, you know, get the pledge out, spray it. Get that nice sheen when you're dusting something off. The TV is something that's particularly satisfying when you dust the screen on the TV. So I'm going with dusting as my best chore. I fucking hate Fuck dusting. dusting. <laughs> I hate it. You get this feather duster sometimes, get the Swiffer out. It's You know how satisfying it is to look at a Swiffer after you've just Swiffered something? I despise dusting. I've I've thought about, I have a, um electric leaf blower. I thought yeah. about just bringing that inside and just blasting the dust job because yeah it floats up in the the air and then settles again yeah but at least it's not you know caked on my my blinds anymore yeah the only thing i will say that's annoying is i have a dog and the dog fur and dander just gets everywhere dander's tough yeah yeah he sheds a lot too so that's my best chore all right john we'll go we'll wrap around now for your worst uh, my worst chore. So I had raking leaves as my worst. Mm-hmm. I like raking leaves. Which, yeah. It's like yeah, on the I, lawn. Yeah, but it's like maybe it's because I live in the city. Uh, the city where, where you when don't I have rake trees. my leaves, I need <laughs> Do you to even have a yard? It. Yeah, I got a little backyard. He's got a patch. Yeah, front yard. 10 by 20. Front. And it's I just hate having to put the leaves in a bag to then put out on the street and have someone pick up. Like it's different when you can just rake it onto a tarp and sh- fling it into the woods, but it's like and I never do it timely. So I'm out there and it's like December and it's cold and I just Wet. Like, yeah, the yeah. leaves already and are like fermenting. every time yeah, every time I'm like, Oh, I should really rake, but fuck that. And then it rains and it yeah, never you can't gets let it rain. dry. Yeah. Once it rains, you got to have a week of no rain for it to be able to get the leaves. And then if your grass is too long, too, when the weeds are down, you can't rake them effectively. That makes it tough. So that's why I don't like it. Raking leaves. Yeah. Fortunately, we don't have a ton of trees because our neighborhood's pretty new. Um, But I actually like raking. To me, raking's, it's it's like soothing. Kind of like Andrew mowing the lawn. You're outside, put the headphones in. It's usually nice weather. It's cooler in the fall, so you're not sweating like you would if you're mowing the lawn. Yeah, the key, though, you can't really let it go past, like, November. Yeah, yeah and, never do it. like, a leaf blower helps, but there's no quick way to rake leaves. You're, yeah. you got to 
commit a whole day or a couple days to do yeah, it. Yeah, you just got to grip it and rip it, baby. <laughs> yeah. So I don't like that. So it's my worst. Well, I'll one-up your worst. I think the worst chore is folding laundry. Like Chris talked about this a while ago. I 100% agree with him. Laundry just takes too long. I don't mind. Like if I probably have an hour and a half of focus on laundry, but most of that time is taken up doing the wash. And then when it gets to the clothes being in the dryer, then you have to take them out of the dryer. Then you have to sort them. Then you have to fold them. It's just, it's too time consuming. Do you separate your lights and darks? No. I mean, I'll do whites. Whites stay separate um, or anything stained, but I don't do, I don't separate anything ever. Plus there's think, certain things. I think that that's are... a, that's a fallacy. That's a farce. Yeah. That was the 1960s thing yeah. when washing machines die would when float out of everything. Could only use like detergents with certain colors. Yeah. No, I it's more the fact that you can wash your whites in warm water. And when you wash car colors in warm water, they tend yeah, to they, run. They run. Yeah. So you can go colors, you can go what did I say? Colors you can you should go cold. cold. I don't know. The darker the color, the colder the water. I will yeah. say I've basically <laughs> phased white clothes out of my wardrobe. Primarily for that reason. I, I don't have, apart from a couple undershirts that I don't, you know, if I'm wearing a dress shirt, I'll wear them. I don't have any white clothes. It's just, you're asking for stains. It's a waste. Yeah, or yellowing. Yeah. Like the yellowing of, of clothes. If you don't use bleach, it's kind of yeah. well. I will say having young kids must be a nightmare for laundry, too, because they probably burn through clothes like crazy. Yeah, and Rachel does most of the laundry, honestly, but we're doing multiple loads every day. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how. But That's a nightmare scenario. Yeah, we, it's yeah. never-ending dishwasher and never-ending laundry. Yeah, we have a good yin-yang in, up here in Boston because I, Elise hates buying groceries, and I don't like doing laundry, so we just trade off those chores where I go do the groceries, she does the laundry. Yeah. And also just like the whole idea that it's like, okay, you wash it, you dry it, you fold it, you put it away all to then just take it out the next day dirty it it's just like there's got to be a better way yeah if if i was rich i would 1000 percent. the first person i would hire is a maid to just do laundry all right my worst chore it's a fact this is when i really this when you buy your own house or get your own place this is when you were in this just the worst and it's cleaning the bathroom yeah is I live by myself, so I have to do all the chores. <laughs> the bathroom is yeah. There's no good and easy way to do it. They haven't cleaning a shower. There's no product that is good on shower walls or the tub. So scrub the tub. I do that every other week. The toilet. Listen, depending on what's going on, the toilet can be easy, or it can be the grossest thing that you need to go and do. So behind the toilet, no man's land. Who knows what gets back there? Hubert, a lot of dust getting, back there. I get a lot of dog hair, just Stuff. tumbleweeds that float into the bathroom. Stuff. It's, back there. Yeah, disgusting. So cleaning the bathroom. It used to be folding laundry growing up. I hated that chore because Dad was cleaning the bathroom. I didn't have to worry about it. But <laughs> scrubbing scrubbing the bathroom sucks. There's like there's something you can buy that you like after you take a shower, you just like spray it on the walls. They don't work. None of them work, yeah. John. No, I used to keep I even tried like I was like, I'm going to keep cleaning like 
supplies in the shower. So as I shower, I'll clean. Maybe that'll make it easier. And it's just like wipe the walls down when you're done, and it just doesn't work. Okay, Kramer. (laughs) I know. I suppose on there too. (laughs) I thought. I thought for a second I was a genius because I was like, oh, just I'll never have to clean the shower again. I'll just do a quick wipe down after every every wash. So we in our in our shower, the like it's I don't know how to explain this. There's a lot of glass. So John makes you squeegee. Yeah, Yeah. invest in a squeegee. Which I don't have. I don't have glass. But you could do it with tile too. Just it significantly reduces the grime on the shower walls. Trying to have the porcelain tub with the it's like dad. Well, dad has tile walls. I don't have the plastic like shower. Yeah, unibody shower. Yeah, and mine's textured. You can't squeegee that. Yeah, I have the same thing as Chris, and mine's textured. Yeah. Um. So with the plastic or even with tile, I thought, why doesn't somebody invent like a power wash, like an indoor power washer that you could just because it's the mildew grime buildup and yeah. like biofilm that forms the soap scum. Yeah. So they have dad and I have like rigged a shower hose. So you screw off your shower head, run it off the pipe, but you can't, there's not enough pressure. They have gimmick products. That's what I'm saying. There's a thousand products of like, Oh, this will make it easier. They have those things you hang on the shower head and it like shoots 360 degrees. Nothing works. You can't, you just have to get in there with a sponge and just scrub away. If you have the tile, sponge. you got to get in the grout. Get the fucking scrubby thing with the handle. That uh, like whatever bristles like dad's hair. You have to you have to do it by hand. <laughs> There's no product that's going to do it. a pro pad, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree by hand. I I agree. The shower is terrible. That's just a fact. So, that's my worst. What, yeah. What a, what did you have for honorable mentions for best and worst? I had shoveling, which is dependent on where you live, but a snowblower makes it easier. There's just nothing worse than waking up when it snowed overnight. You have to go to work or something, so you have to get up at like four in the morning to shovel out to then get on the road. It's it breaks your spirit. <laughs> That's a fact. I um, uh, I think picking up dog shit is a terrible chore. It's almost the- as demoralizing. I do have a pooper scooper, like yeah. grabber which helps, but it's the same thing. Like your back starts hurting the, the bag rips, you get poop in like you put poop in the wrong spot. Like it touches your hand. Like all that <laughs> stuff happens. Oh, cause you can't crying. just fling your poo into the woods. You have to bag it. Yeah. Or it just oh. builds up as biomass on the side of my house. So, <laughs> so yeah, picking up dog crap, I haven't really had to deal with ever, but it, there's something about cleaning a litter box while your cat just sits there and watches you do it. That it's the feels wall, like, think, yeah, yeah, you're you're being like your cat is lording over you as like the, you know, yeah, it's pulling a crane to to your shredder, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, and I've also some things that make me laugh is like for people who grew up probably like pre two thousand. Remember, just like dog shit used to turn white. If it was like yeah. left outside, I looked into that because I was thinking the same thing the other day. It's the whatever they put in the food now, or back cal- then was, was very high calcium. Yeah, which is bad for dogs. Yeah, so just like if a turd was exposed to air for like a day, it would just turn <laughs> bleach white. That reminds me of uh, is that what movie is that? Wedding Crashers. Step Brothers, yeah. we're gonna the... yeah. yeah. Step Brothers, yeah. Will Ferrell, nice. I get a belly full of white dog or dog poo in me. I had um, as one of the worst 
I really, really hate changing sheets and changing bedding, but there is no better feeling than getting into a bed with fresh, like fresh, clean sheets. So let me ask you this, John. High reward. Top sheet. Do you, a way to make this better, which I've evolved to? No, not doing it. Again, probably because I went by myself. I don't do the top sheet anymore. That get out of here. Get off fitted this sheet, podcast. comforter, pillows. Making the bed is a thousand times easier. Nope. It's the way no. of the future, John. Top sheets will be extinct in fifty years. That's no. That's you say millennials are killing the top sheet. Yeah, I fucking love you. Don't the need top it. Sheet. It's a waste. Here's the thing that I learned about top sheets. My whole life, I put them on upside down. Like when you put a top sheet on. You know, there's usually a side that has the pattern and then a side that is like not the pattern. The pattern should be like the pattern should be touching each other from the top sheet and the the bedspread. So that when you like fold over the top, you see the pattern, you know? So you're you're basically putting it face down. Yeah. That's how that it should be. That can't be right. I don't think yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's how it John. should be. Yeah. So when you like pull back the sheets and like you should see pattern on both sides crazy oh yeah because i guess in theory you should never see the top of that sheet if you have a comforter on it (laughs) yeah Yeah. i remember the first time elise was making the best like what the this is upside down what are you doing she's like what are you you talking about yeah sheet sandwich that's what you want to be yeah Yeah. i mean that's what we get for learning to make a bed from dad (laughs) (laughs) but and then so we have a duvet and we for the winter months we so we we originally bought one. We went to IKEA and just got some crap one that actually ended up being pretty good. And then we bought a like a nice down one. So in the winter months, we do the double duvet. Whoa. So we stuff it with two. I woke up this morning and I was just sweating. in a sweat. Yeah, I was just yes. sweating and it was horrible. Yeah, sweating. Was... Duvet cover on is impossible. I just duvet is the biggest scam in the world. Like the whoever invented a duvet in theory is good, but they failed at executing it. The because, design is like terrible. Yeah. Uh, hello. You need something to hold the edges of the comforter in your duvet cover. You can't just throw it in there all willy nilly. It's yeah. that's not how it works in 2023. You can't just and do then, that. And then when, if like, God forbid the duvet ever gets a little lopsided while it's like on the bed, you're just, <laughs> there's no fixing it. You just, that can't. happened with my weighted blanket. I have a weighted yeah. blanket that has 60 pounds in one corner. <laughs> It's like a sack of potatoes. I can't get it to even back out. I just give it to the dog and lay on it. That's what you get forget for not buying a high-end gravity I, they're ex- I know I they're did. expensive. I don't know if I'd like it or not. I did, but again, design flaw. They they only use a sewn-in like button clip on the inside, and it ripped off because it's 50 pounds or whatever. Like Obviously, it's not going to hold. So now I've got – I have the same issue. I have a whole – my two corners on one side are attached, but there's two in the middle, and the – two in the middle aren't so now the middle just like flops over to the other side so i can't yeah. use it that was a terrible. scam i fell into the trend i don't even think anyone uses those anymore i get suckered in i we have one they're but great we bought the one that was like the heaviest possible so the issue was that yeah. it slid off the bed in the middle of the night killed your, least... killed your cat <laughs> <laughs> well, at, least, at least couldn't pull it up so it was like <laughs> It's like, who wants to wake up at two in the morning and do an ab workout? To get yeah. The, f- the first time I got mine, the first night I put it on and I got a leg cramp in the middle of the night. 
and I woke up and I couldn't kick the blanket off. I was like, I was pinned. It was like I was pinned under the house in the Wizard of Oz. I yeah, couldn't get out of bed. It's, it's meant to re- it's meant to reduce anxiety, but you wake up and you can't move. <laughs> it's like sleep paralysis. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Anyway. Oh, oh biggest set. wait. Any other honorable mention? My other worst was dusting the baseboards. Baseboards in general are the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and they just like that is where the dust gathers. It's like I don't want to go around crawling on my hands and knees to dust these fucking baseboards. So use a vet. You don't use your vacuum with the hose attachment. It's just not like it doesn't do the same. It's not the same. You got to get on your hands and get like yeah the the dust or whatever grime builds on the top. Yeah, and the, the tough uh, part baseboard. too is baseboards usually white, so it's super noticeable whenever it's yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I um, uh, honorable mention for me, I do enjoy vacuuming. It's like mowing the lawn to me; like it's very therapeutic at times. Uh, even though I don't do it as often as I should, probably. I it's I, part of work. Shout out! I Orc. remember reading like how it was like when we first bought our place. So I was like, okay, how how often should I do these different things? it said you should vacuum once a month. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I vacuum. Like, if it were up to Rachel, I'd vacuum every day, multiple times a day. I have to. You know how much Andrew knows? Like, dogs put off. They just make make you have to vacuum. I'll get get hair tumbleweeds if I don't vacuum, because I have wood floors, too. So if if I don't vacuum the rugs and then do the floors, like, every other day, it looks like it just a dog died and it decayed all over the floor. <laughs> <That's impressive>. <laughs> but, <laughs> any other honorable mentions for uh, oh, chores? The I had as an honorable mention for the best, I had washing washing your car. Yeah, that's satisfying. Because, again, I thought you were going to say, John, harken back to our childhood, uh, like cleaning the pool. John was a big pool cleaner. He loved it. Yeah, skimming the pool, you loved it. You would get in there, Dad would dump bleach in, and you'd do like a whirlpool. Did I love it, or did I just hate swimming with bugs? There were a lot of bugs, like big bugs in that that pool. Yeah, that pool's in the worst spot. Canopy of trees. In the woods, (laughs) yeah. Remember the worms that would be in there? Just... I used to get myself all in a panic, like sitting in the pool thinking, what if there was just like a supply drop that landed a bunch of sharks in the pool. Like, would I be able to escape? Shark, I, Sharknado. Yeah. Would you be able to escape an above ground pool? Yeah, I think so, John. If I was just, to, I'm like, oh, what is this? What is this crate landing? Oh, oh, it's open. Now it's sharks. I don't know. <laughs> I will say regarding chores, I've, adopted the strategy i either need a coffee in my hand or a beer for every chore i do just i need music that's my thing you can't be silent or i just don't do it music's also good all right so back to the episode raf had defeated the sparring dummy and at that exact moment the tidal wave of water from shredder carrying the flyers washes through the turtles tunnel um, they all jump up, hang off the rafters, they get covered in the flyers, and Splinter immediately knows that it's Shredder who has sent these down there because he recognizes the pattern from his Shredders, or his little, I forget what he calls them, 
his little knives. Slash marks um, from his gauntlets, yeah, and, he says. And how they've slashed the, uh, the paper. Yeah, Splinter says, my intuition has confirmed my suspicion. Which I feel like that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. My, like intuition, my intuition has confirmed yeah, my suspicion. Yeah, it's the same thing, basically. These slash marks are from Shredder. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Sounds impressive. He's been uh, he has he's been huffing too much incense. Yeah. <laughs> so they all decide. Listen, this is a trap, but basically we're going to go anyway um, because Mikey, in particular, is is eager to fight Shredder. I forget what he says, but he basically wants to beat him up. And Splinter is is forced to remind him that listen, Mikey, Shredder is a lot tougher than a washing machine. So he puts him down a little bit there. Um. Next scene, we are at the Pizza Bake Off. April and Irma are walking in, and the turtles are kind of hiding in this little alleyway. They uh, they whisper over to April to say, hey, it's us, even though it's pretty obvious that it's them. Um, she uses them to scare off Irma's ex-boyfriend, who also happens to be at the Pizza Bake Off. And uh, in exchange for their good deed, uh, she says, hey, what can I do to repay you? They ask her to go off and, and get them some pizza. Meanwhile, in the crowd, we see Baxter, who's communicating with Shredder, who happens to be hiding in a leaning tower of Pisa, pizza place sign. And he tells Baxter, listen, take these eggs that we got from Krang and put them in the pizzas that are on the table as a giveaway. Deluxe pizzas, whatever that means. Yeah. Do you never heard of deluxe pizza? It's like a frozen pizza thing. Yeah, it's, yeah like, it's, it's supreme like everything. Combo. Yeah, supreme. Yeah. So, so yeah, first pizza mention deluxe. I got that on the uh yeah. on the notes. It's also like the yeah, the the leaning tower of Pisa just hanging off the wall that you can go into, like so stereotypical, but so iconic for like an Italian pizza place. Yeah. The whole pizza bake-off is like just crushing Italian stereotypes. There's yeah, a big like mustachioed guy playing the an boyfriend. accordion. Yeah, the boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. He's talking yeah, like he, Mario. He says uh, like him and Irma can make beautiful music together, which like, yeah, he has an accordion, but also for the adults in the room. Yeah. We, I think we all know what that means. So... Baxter, after he puts these these little meatballs onto these pizzas, he volunteers to read off the winners of the competition, which immediately tips the turtles off. They say, hey, wait a minute. If Baxter's here, then that means Shredder here, Shredder's here somewhere. And instantly, they see him in his hiding place um, coming down you know, from the pizza, play, the pizza sign, and they run after, um, basically chase him into the pizza store. Meanwhile, as this is happening, we cut to a delivery boy in UFO pizza saying, hey, I got I got three Supreme pizzas or three um, everything pizzas that need to get delivered. The pizza guy's owner says, listen, I don't have these ready. Just grab the ones off the table. The very same ones that Baxter had just put these alien meatballs on um, and deliver those. So he scoops up three of the pizzas that are there and walks off with them as the turtles are chasing Shredder into the sh- into the uh, shop. UFO pizza reminds me of like what's in Toy Story. Yeah, Pizza Planet. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love like it was like back in like twenty twenty one. Everything was aliens. Remember that? 
I love aliens. In 2021, that was two years ago. I know, but it was like every like I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was like because the government, U.S. government, was like releasing all this alien stuff. But everyone was just obsessed with aliens and like UFOs and everything. And it just it made me realize that I'm I'm a big fan of aliens. John's a believer. All right, so the turtles get into these. Uh, they fall shredder into the pizza shop and they corner him in the kitchen. And he turns around. He drops a pot rack onto their heads, which they evade. Um, by in return, tracking their heads into their shells. Like yeah, which is the first time we've seen them kind of do the turtle move. Um, Donnie flings a ball of pizza dough into Shredder, who turns it around, cuts it into a net, and knocks the turtles down with it. Into a dough net. Yeah. <laughs> he even gives the little joke. Yeah. And then um, finally, they hit him with some pizzas, just pre-made pizzas, they knock him in the face, knock him onto his back, and then uh, fling some pizza sauce on him as he goes rolling out the door into the back alley. Yeah, I would say here, too, there's an animation error where Raphael is supposed to be the one that stabs the pizzas, but he's wearing purple. So, And it's I think it's Donatello's voice, too. Yeah, there's also... Yeah. Yeah, there, there's there are a couple of these because I noticed there was also a scene where Leo is talking, but it's in Raph's body, which is obviously an error as well. So I haven't seen those in a while, but they're coming back. Yeah, and yeah, it, the interesting part about this little fight scene too is Michelangelo has like a pizza with anchovies that Shredder is like deathly hates or afraid of. He does like this flip to flip over Shredder as he's sort of being... Like Shredder falls back onto like a little cart thing that he's rolling around. Mikey does a flip over him, then waits for him to pass by before he throws the pizza on. I'm like, what was the point of that? You're right there, just like yeah, why even flip him in the face? Yeah, it was just like a little bit. Maybe he needed to make up for the fact that he got tied up by the washing machine. But yeah, so the I funny had... part about the error in this one too is that Raph, as Donnie, calls to himself basically. So he stabs the pizzas and then he says, like, hit him with the sauce. And then it cuts to him like on the other side of the kitchen, flinging it over. Yeah. Yeah. And we do have, we, we do have a tomato sauce mentioned. I don't know if we want to include that because obviously that's a component of pizza. Well, we had anchovies too that was mentioned. Yeah. So anchovy definitely mentioned. We got deluxe pizza. I don't know if you want extra sauce as a. I think it's worth it. Add it to the wheel. All right. Love a little extra The more sauce. the better. I think I might have to get pizza today for lunch. Yeah, you might have to. I've been staring at the rest of this pizza that's sitting here. I'm going to take a bite at some point. So Shredder rolls out into the alleyway. He's kind of, you know, defeated for the moment. And then we cut to Baxter, who's reading off the winners of the pizza contest. And he has these tickets with people's names on them, but he reads off Leo, Leonardo, Donatello, and Michelangelo. Sorry, Raph, you didn't actually win a prize. Um, And they get pizzas for winning and then they actually give one to april for her help um or i forget exactly what they say for her service to pizza kind or something like that but they basically give her one of the prize pizzas which she says hey i'm going to take this back to irma's place and we'll eat it there yeah i wrote down the three names that were on the tickets that were supposed to win it was sam jones mary parks and bob binks i like bob binks bobby binks yeah 
Um, were they anybody in actuality, or they're just made up names? Did you? I think they were just made up, but it it reminded me of the the thing that I, makes me laugh every time, where there was a Japanese video game that was created for, and the creators needed to come up with American sounding names, and so they put this list of names together that are just top tier, like fake yeah. American names. It makes me laugh. Sweeve McDykel, the classic. Yeah. <laughs> Baba <Yeah>. Ganoush. No. <laughs> I'll put it. I'll we'll put a link in the show notes to the image. But let me see if I can pull it up quick. While John's working on that, I did want to mention um, there was a scene too that happened where Mikey, or as they're running through the pizza shop, uh, Mikey stops right in front of the toppings and he says something like, "I think he might say holy guacamole or something like that." Um, but Donnie comes into the scene from like Mikey's left and says oh, something along the lines of Mikey we need you to focus because we're not done ninja-ing like he makes ninja into a verb I like it yeah I do like that so here here are just a couple of the highlights for the American names Chris came in hot with the sleeve McDykel which definitely Daryl Archideld Ray McScriff Bobson Dugnut, that's my favorite, and Todd Gonzalez, <laughs> <laughs> Mike Cernandez, so great. That's hilarious. Willie Dustus. <laughs> All right, we'll be so show notes. next scene, we are at Irma's apartment, and she's microwaving the pizza that the turtles had given April to reheat it. Uh, which causes the meatballs, these alien meatballs, to hatch, or one of the alien meatballs that's on the pizza to hatch, revealing a tiny red monster. Irma opens up the pizza box after she takes it out of the microwave. She faints, um, and when she faints, April says, I need the turtles to help. We got we to gotta get some help over here. So she gives them a call. They come busting in the door pretty much instantly. Uh, see this little red alien wrap it up in a rug to capture it. And then it escapes by burning a hole through the rug and actually hiding in the ceiling. So they think it runs out the building. It's actually hiding up in the rafters of the apartment. Um, they're kind of trying to figure out what happened in April deduces that she actually has the only original prize pizza. And I think she even calls UFO pizza and figures out that, Hey, the delivery boy grabbed three of these things. Um, or two of these things, and he's going out for a delivery with them. So basically, the turtle's are like, all right, we need to go find this delivery boy because if there's more of these eggs on these pizzas, they're going to hatch and, and start to take over the city. As a side note, the way April holds a pizza box is an absolute psycho. I she didn't holds, notice this. Yeah, like when, when she gets it originally from the turtles, she holds it like vertically so that you'd think the pizza would slide all the way down. And I'm just like, wow, that's someone who doesn't order. Yeah, like it's a briefcase. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And then, like this whole box, just how big are these microwaves that Irma has? Yeah, they just put the that, whole box in there. That's what I was thinking too. It was like this amorphous box where it got small enough to go into a microwave, and then when it was on the table, and um, yeah, when she brings it to the table and the pizza monsters in there, yeah, it's massive. It like fills up the whole table. And who microwaves a pizza in a box? Even if you could, why wouldn't you take it out? Savage. Yeah, you obviously wrap it in foil before you put it in the microwave. 
All right, so the turtles, we get another appearance of the turtle blimp. They're flying high above the city looking for this delivery boy. They spot him heading into, you know, this high-end apartment building. They're heading up to the penthouse. Um, and basically, the delivery boy's there. He's going to hand over the pizzas. These two kids come sprinting in and just immediately say, these pizzas are cold. We got to put them in the microwave. Well, they so, should be cold because how the fuck long did it take this guy to deliver yeah. the pizza? It's unbelievable. Quite he's long. on foot. He looked like he was, or no, he's in actually a cool looking pizza truck thing i was like when it got to that point of the story i'm like i could see where it was going but i'm like there's no way that this guy is still out there delivering pizza it it had to have been hours well i think in the the turtles movie that he gets like a half an hour to deliver that's reasonable that they could have gone to april's apartment depending on where it's located well she i mean they like get to i don't know because they get to they're in april's apartment and it's like it's like dinner time because Irma has a candle out and she's like, Oh, like I'm never going to hear wedding bells. The only bell I'm going to hear is the ding of the microwave. Like, I think it's, it seemed like it was later in the day and the turtles are in the sewer that they get there. It was just way too much time. Ahead of us. Yeah. Hey, it, what are you gonna it, do? In my head, it made sense. Cause in my head, April immediately left and went, and went to Irma's while the delivery boy was bringing out the other pizzas to the other people. So that's kind of how I followed. That's how it. I read it too. Oh. But either way, We've got now two humans microwaving pizzas in the original box. And when they're when the Leo is flying the blimp around, and as they're pulling up to this like deluxe apartment, he says something to the effect of like battle assault turtle assault team ready. And they're yeah. like ready to jump off. It's just turtle assault yeah. team, yeah. It's a full-blown like military operation at yeah. this point. As so these kids, they're in a flat-out sprint to the microwave with these pizzas in hand as I believe it's Mikey and Donnie, the Turtle Assault Team 1, come flying through the window. They dive off the blimp, roll through the window as Raf and Leo, and there's again, there's a cartoon error here, but as Raf and Leo land the blimp onto the roof, Donnie and Mikey bust through. They tell the kids, hey, you know, they just put the pizzas in the microwave. He's like, do not open those pizzas. It's going to be a disaster. These two kids turn around. They're pretty cheeky kids. And they basically say, we're not going to listen to you. You're a turtle. That's even worse and lower than a babysitter. So just classic yeah. bratty kids. Yeah. Such a the dump turtles. on the babysitters. A nice uh, stretch by the turtle blimp here. You know, it's had a, it's a, it had two or three episodes where it's been pretty prominent. So nice work there. Uh, but yeah, brat kids. Yep. So the kids, they they oh, open these oh, boxes. Just before you do that, Chris. Yeah. When they when the kids microwave the pizzas, they just there's like a screen that displays the time and then all the buttons. They just push the screen to start the microwave, which I'm just like ridiculous. Come on, come on, animators. They at least push a button. They just push on the screen. Yeah. So the kids open these pizzas right as April and her news crew are actually coming up the elevator. Um, she's got the whole camera crew behind them. She was following the turtles. And the two monsters escape. You know, the turtles give chase. They're kind of running around. The, the news film or the camera crew is chasing these things as well. And um, they actually escape through a manhole in the street down into the sewer. So... They're, you know, the turtles are chasing it with their glider. It gets away. Two of the monsters go down into the sewer, 
And then back at Irma's apartment, we realized that the third monster is still there. It, you know, she's watching this news story with April. Um, it comes through, it comes through the wall, burns through the wall, scares her a little bit. And then as she escapes through her washing machine, uh, drain down into the sewer as well. So at this point, all three monsters are in the sewer. Irma actually followed the one in her apartment down there. Um, and that's kind of where everybody starts to converge. Yeah, I thought it was funny when April was chasing the two pizza monsters in the street. She she's like holding out the microphone to try to interview them as they're running away, and then like burn in like trips and falls or whatever. So that just made me laugh. The other thing I found interesting is that they're missing the guy from last episode who was the van driver. Blodgett. For yeah. some reason, he's just not there anymore. Blodgett's out of the picture. He might have been reassigned after uh, after losing the van. But I was going to say, um, how cool would it be to have like the turtle sewer right behind and somehow connected to your dryer? Yeah. Like just a little secret passageway you can get in and out or or whatever. I thought that was pretty cool. Plus, do you guys remember as kids going up to Maine with Grandma and Big Dad and they had that um, tunnel that went under the road like right by their house? Yeah, the culvert. And, like, yeah. Yeah, and crawling through that and just... I actually remember pretending I was a Ninja Turtle, like crawling through and thinking it was a sewer. It just made me think of that. So, I, Which is off- disgusting that you actually did that because those things are gross. I know. Yeah. It's yeah. like all but, the drainage from the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> but what I was going to say was um, I think this hands down is my favorite episode so far. I know it's not over yet, but right off the bat, we've got action. We've got aliens. We've got pizza monsters. All of the cast, like Splinter, um shredder baxter irma april the turtles everyone's engaged it, it Bob seems Brock to be steady and crank. yeah it's like there's going to be a crescendo here i, lo- I love it love the sus- suspense yeah so irma's trail on the monster that that was in her apartment down into the sewer it actually jumps into the the little sewer water the little river that's down there and as it jumps down it starts to morph and grow into its full you know full-fledged adult full-size form um, which we're actually going to pause here because Andrew's going to do a little show and tell. So we're going to pause here uh, for a show and tell segment uh, that Andrew's going to lead just so we can see kind of what these aliens in this episode look like. Awesome. So um, this is something I I think first introduced in episode one, which we don't have video for, of course, but um, I've been... Uh, re-engaged in collecting we did a show and tell a few episodes ago of the super seven ultimate figures that i had gotten everyone for christmas but as a as a lover of the action tmnt action figures uh, i've gotten into collecting the the new neca neca line and one of the ones that they had was uh pizza monsters so i thought i'd start off by showing some of the accessories Mm. so in the episode, we have UFO Pizza. This is a different logo, different box that color. An awesome logo. Yeah, that's cool. incredible. Yeah, super cool. And it comes with a hinged, so it is a hinged box. It's a pizza box. It says UFO on the front with the logo. It comes with a pizza that comes out. Wow. Of what is the, that, a pepperoni or is that a deluxe? That's a uh, deluxe. Meatball. Yeah, it looks like there's meatball in there, maybe. Yeah. Deluxe. Um, so that's pretty cool. So right off the bat, they give you. UFO pizza box with a pizza that comes out. Then we've got our little 
pre-grown pizza monster. So it's a little red guy. I would say he's about an inch tall. Um, fits right here on the pizza. <laughs> yeah, that's as perfect in, scale size. That's exactly what they're like in the episode. In the episode, yep. Um, then we haven't talked about this yet. We will shortly. This is um, the controller, but it is different from the episode. So we have a controller here. Um, different color at the very least, but maybe completely different altogether. I do remember this um, accessory controller from a different episode. So I don't remember exactly which one it is, but there's a slight error, in, including that one and not the blue controller that Baxter uses. It's like a Game Boy Advance. It kind of does. Yeah, it's cool though. It's um, it's good size because here's Donnie holding up Donnie. He's got this controller, um, you know, in terms of like hand size, pretty good. Again, about a, about an inch. And then we get to the good stuff. So then here oh, is, yeah. I'm going to hold this back. Maybe bring it over here. So here is the grown pizza monster. And I think they said he's seven or eight inches. So here he is. I'll put it up to the camera. Like very menacing face. I actually think the toy looks better than the cartoon, personally. Yeah, that toy looks incredible. Like awesome toy. And then here... For scale, here is a Ninja Turtle. Here's Donnie. And then here is the Pizza Monster. So they're about... Pretty much twice yeah. as tall. Maybe yeah. a little less. Maybe a little bit less, but like a third. I mean, a couple inches taller for the very, very sure. So yeah. Donnie's about five inches. Huge. Monster's about eight, I would say, eight or nine. But overall, pretty cool. So... Uh, in the episode, there's three. So eventually, I think I'm going to get three of these guys. Um, but I just thought it was cool. Number one, the reason I got this, I don't recall seeing a Pizza Monster toy in the original line. I could be wrong about that. Um, but I thought it was really neat. Also, I got this because I really enjoyed the UFO pizza box. And, um, you know, one thing I've been working on and eventually maybe elaborate on a little bit more is the 3D printing um elements you know i bought a 3d printer this last year really enjoyed making some accessories and eventually want to build out a whole layer for the turtles but i did originally get this primarily for this guy right here like a hinge pizza box that i could you know print with all the different um you know pizza brands on the front so pretty cool i just thought i'd show it you know something different um but still very very key to our original interest in the ninja turtles Love it. Yeah, and those the the aliens themselves look they almost look like a ripoff of um the movie alien. Just yeah. a yellow version of, of that alien itself. Yeah, and they a hundred percent are. And I looked it up because Alien um the first alien movie was from I think it was the late seventies. Was it really that late? I knew I thought it was I thought it was sometime in the eighties, but I know they're older movies because Sigourney Weaver's yeah. like very, very young in them. 79 was the first one, but there were a couple in the 80s and then a few in the 90s as well. So you have 79, 86, 92, 97. Um, but yeah, 100% ripoff from those. I just think they look pretty cool. And uh, we got exactly what I was hoping for from last episode, which is more villains. So we, you know, yeah. just all around a good episode. I just love it. Yeah. So these, so it, Irma had followed her monster into the sewer, it, it jumped in the water and evolved. April's right behind her with the camera crew. So April bumps into her. They see her down there. Um, and they start to kind of walk around. 
looking for for this monster so April can get it on camera. Meanwhile, it's right behind them, stalking their every move, unbeknownst to them. Yeah, so there's, there's a scene in there that they try to do some like forced perspective where they're like walking through the sewers and like if you just pause the screen, Irma is like a giant because I guess she's like walking toward the the camera. She's like going to get bigger, but it was like it just looks so funny because she was so big. Do we do we mention too? So uh, I think Christy mentioned the first pizza monster that Irma was following falls into the water. It transforms into the large yellow yeah. version. So um, just two things here that we've picked up on, but maybe haven't deliberately mentioned. One, the microwaving. I don't know if it's the heat or the actual microwaves, but that is the first, um, I guess, impulse that transforms from the meatball egg into the little red alien. And then when you add water to them or their submerged in water, they then grow into their large form. It's like a gremlin. Kind of like a gremlin. Yeah, kind of like wet, a gremlin. Yeah. To exactly. get angry. So we cut from April and Irma and that team um, to the turtles who are down in the sewers. They're looking for their two monsters that they chase down there as well. And instead, they actually see Baxter and Shredder. And Baxter is walking with the controller that Andrew just showed. Um, and he's basically explaining how it works and that essentially he can hit one button to summon these monsters and bring them to him. And then there's another button that will direct them to attack the turtles conveniently. So it's kind of a two button system we have here that one brings them to him and then two puts them in attack mode. Um, at this instant, the turtles pop out and they confront Shredder and Baxter. Um, and as this happens, so Shredder and Baxter on one side, the turtles are standing right there. They have their back to the sewer canal, I'll call it. Um, they're giving their little spiel about how they're going to stop Shredder and Baxter. And the two aliens that they were chasing, the two monsters, were summoned and are actually standing behind the turtles as they're going on their rant, uh, which is kind of a funny scene to watch. Yeah, classic where Raph is like, oh, yeah, like we're really scared of these monsters. We're shaking on our shells and. Leo and Mikey are just like, well, actually, yeah, now that you mention it, like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. a very sarcastic rap <clears throat> scene. And then it, it was funny because he turns around and he's like, you know, realizes they're monsters and then like does a backhand spring up into grab a sewer pipe at the top. But he's like, what are those? And it just made me think of the classic, what are those video <laughs> based on someone's shoes? So, what are those? Yeah, so John kind of says that this, you know, this fight kicks off, um, and instantly Shredder goes, "Hey, let's call Krang in, so you can watch these monsters shred apart the turtles, just like he's always wanted." So they get Krang on the line. Meanwhile, uh, Raph has dodged up; he's backflipped his way and is is kind of hanging from the ceiling. Um, Leo hops in and says, "Hey, this guy needs his nails trimmed," and then just turns around and runs away. Doesn't actually fight the monster. The two that spring to action are Donnie and Mikey, and they jump on the back and cover the eyes of the aliens in an attempt to, I guess, confuse them or, or at least trying uh, to defeat them. And then I, I will yeah. say Leo, Leo did a like pole vault with his katana out of there though. That was kind of cool. Even though he yeah. ran away, he uses his sword to like launch himself. Yeah, yeah. Even when he's doing something cowardly, he looks cool. 
So we get a quick cut from this fight um, over to Irma, who finally spots the monster that's trailing her group, and she faints instantly, which seems to be a theme with her. She sees it, passes out. Um, Vern gets a little bit scared, it appears, and, and we'll get back to that. But uh, we cut back to the turtles who are being um, engaged by these monsters. They're kind of bearing down on them. And quick-thinking Donnie hops in, takes his bow staff, smacks the controller out of Baxter's hands, and it flies into the water. So he thinks this is a good move, but what happens is that with no controller, the monsters turn and start chasing the turtles and Shredder and Baxter. So they're kind of running from their li- for their lives for a bit. So as they're running away, Baxter pulls out the directions. He's reading them. And he basically reveals that a zap of energy will convert the monsters back to their egg form. And right as he kind of reads this, he trips and falls. Um, The turtles keep on running and bump into April, who is by herself because Irma fainted and Vern took off to cover his, you know, save his own ass um, once it was revealed that a monster was following them. There's a camera somewhere down there too, right? Yeah, I think it's just you have to assume he took off with Vern yeah. because they don't even really show that Vern ran away. You only get April's word that once the turtles bump into her, she kind of says, hey, Vern ditched me. Irma's fainted. A great friend just leaves Irma passed out in a sewer somewhere and keeps wandering on until she bumps into the turtles. Yep. So it's chaos right now in the sewers. Yeah, absolute chaos. So they bump into April. The monster that was following April now appears. And the turtles realize that they're trapped. They've got two behind them with Baxter and Shredder, and then the one in front of them that was following April. Um, and they don't really know what to do. So Leo kind of pauses, you know, and says, listen, it's like Splinter always said, sometimes you have to make a pact with evil to do good. Let's go back and help Shredder and Baxter. And Raph kind of pauses and says, wait a minute, Splinter never said that. And Leo goes, well, if he had thought about it, he would have said it. I think this is a big breach of trust by Leonardo here. Just making up lessons and quotes from Splinter to justify his memes. It seems like it's not very leader-like of Leo to do that. Listen, John, it's not moral high ground making shit up. But it's is it the right move? I think that's a debate we can have. Given the situation... You have to do what you you have to do to get the job done, okay? And if that means lying to convince your troops to go into battle. Lying and selling your soul to the the enemy. But it works. At the end of the day, it works. So, you know, how much can, uh, how much, you know, shit can we give Leo? Plenty. Yeah, but he felt, he, he did what he felt was necessary. Meanwhile, Mikey just jumps into the water and says, I'm going after this controller. Like I'll I'll figure out my own thing. See you later. Yeah. He takes a swan dive into raw sewage, um, which is pretty funny. So we actually are going to pause here for a second because, in the spirit of the turtles and Shredder teaming up, I'm going to do a little player select segment. Let's kick shout of unlikely duos or teams. So. The idea here is that I'm going to read off a description of an unlikely duo. You guys need to tell me who it is I'm describing. Does that make sense? Yep. So I have three. 
I've ordered them in what I think is easiest to hardest. Um, so we'll start with the easiest one. Is this a team effort or are we each? Yeah, this is a team effort. You guys can work together. Okay. No Googling or cheating, obviously. We'll do the honor system here. Obviously. So number one. In 2004, the album Collision Course was released as an unlikely collaboration between these two musical acts. Oh. It debuted on the U.S. Billboard 200 at number one and spawned a single which won a Grammy. Jay-Z and Linkin Park. Okay. Bonus points if you... Yeah, that's correct. Bonus points if you can name the song that won a Grammy. Crawling, wasn't it? Uh, I think it's called Crawl? Numb. Or maybe it was Numb? Yeah. yeah, John has it. It's called Numb Encore. Nice. Encore, yeah. Crawling in my skin. Yeah. Did you know that album name, Andrew? Those words I cannot feel. I had that song on my iPod, and I remember the album art. I feel like it was like lightning or blue. It was like a lot of blue or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, everyone knows that song. It was, I think, the first. Somebody, somebody's going to give me shit for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's like the first major uh, like rap and or hip hop and like rock or not rock, but it was like that Linkin Park was like kind of rock screamo. Yeah, emo new, thing. new metal was the genre yeah. that Wikipedia said. Yeah, new metal. So I thought it was pretty, pretty legendary. Nice. All right. So we got that one. All right. We that got was a little easier down. than I thought. I didn't know if I should put the album name in there, but I don't know album names. So, all right. Number two, despite sabotaging each other's matches in a blood feud over the years, this unlikely wrestling duo would occasionally unite as a dominant tag team match under the moniker, the brothers of destruction. I don't know anything about wrestling. Um, I'm going to say Undertaker and his brother, whoever that was. Kane. Kane. Yeah, Kane and Taker. Those were the two. You guys got nice. that one. Taker. Wow. Undertaker. Undertaker. Yeah. yeah. Taker's what his, that's what wrestling fans call him. Wow. If you're in the know. Wow. Um, all right. The last one. I don't know if you'll get this. This is the <laughs> hardest one. Neighbors and best friends at birth. This unlikely duo is eventually driven apart by their owners and a natural aversion for each other. Only after saving each other's lives from a common enemy is this cartoon pair able to amend their friendship. Fox and the Hound. Tom and Jerry. How did you know that? Everyone knows that. The Fox and the Hound? I didn't even say anything about animals. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I thought that was going to be impossible to get. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. All right, bonus points. Can you name... What are their names? The Fox and the Hound. Ugh. That I'm not. It's your sure. favorite movie. You should know this, Andrew. I know, but I haven't watched it in probably. LeBron James years. over here. <laughs> you remember LeBron James interview? Someone asked him. Oh, the book. About the God... <laughs> no, they asked him about the Godfather. He's like, "Oh, I've seen the movie like a hundred times." And like, "Okay, what's your favorite scene?" He's like, "There's, they're all so good. I can't name one." It's yeah, because like, he carries a... one. <laughs> he carries the copy of the Godfather around, like in and out of arenas. Oh, does he? Yeah, that's why I mean, they I, asked him that. Oh, just I, mean, I sure. like LeBron, but it just reminded me of that. It is funny. <laughs> um, I'm thinking I'm Scout, Scout, Gus no. and Lionel. Would you say John? Gus and Lionel. No. Yeah, like Scout and something with a B. Baxter. I don't know. Go ahead. Todd and Copper. Todd that's is the that's... fox. Copper is yeah, the hound. That's close. 
Yeah, I guess wow, Gus just, is kind of similar to Todd. They absolutely dominated that player select. Yeah. Jesus. I had some harder ones, and I was like, they're never going to get the Fox and the Hound. I don't want to make these too hard. I can't believe you got that. All right. So I just got crushed in that segment. Um, <laughs> so the <laughs> Mikey Mikey's jumped in the water going after the controller. The Turtles are going back to help Shredder and Baxter. So the Turtles, they run back. They team up with Shredder. So the first thing that happens is Raph. Raph's taking on a monster one-on-one. He runs in between its legs, and it kind of bends over to look at him. And then he, he literally kicks it in the butt, and it topples over. Um, from there, we see Shredder. He's got one in front of him. He backflips away from it, back handspring, whatever you want to call it, and then lands directly in front of the second monster, at which point Leo runs in. He dives and tackles him, saving his life. And Shredder gets mad. So he yells, "What I think at, at what is supposed to be Leo, because Leo tackled him, but it's actually Raph. He yells at Raph and says, hey, I had this monster right where I wanted it. Why did you do that? Um, at that moment, Raph is picked up by a shell by one of the monsters. Mikey, or uh, Leo and Donnie kind of walk up to help him. And he just gets absolutely hurled into them. And they kind of all go crashing to the ground. So, yeah, at this pizza point, monsters have everyone on their heels right now. Like they're really, yeah. yeah, they're really about to, you know, take out the whole group. It seems like they're yeah, big motherfuckers. They're too, huge. Yeah, yeah. Raph runs underneath his legs, and the thing is like, like with room to spare. Yeah, that's what I was gonna they say. Just keep so, growing. Yeah, the toy, the toy's like three inches taller than the turtles. The um, in the cartoon, these things look like they could be over twenty feet tall. Yeah, and I can't stress enough how hard he throws Raph into the other two turtles. Left-handed, he throws him like 100 miles an hour. I watched it like over and over again. So I watched the episode like three times. He just pegs them into him. Yeah. These, these sewers are also cavernous. Like they're yeah. huge. Yeah, definitely. And so deep. the turtles go crashing to the ground. We've got the three monsters now bearing down on top of them, basically ready to end them. And up pops Mikey from the sewer water. He's got the controller in hand. He was able to find it. He's basically ready to save the day. So he gives the three monsters a quick zap with it. Raph is cheering him on like, yeah, hit him again, do it again. And right at that moment, the batteries basically got wet. So he doesn't have enough juice to stop these monsters. He can, he can kind of buzz the tower a little bit, but he can't actually... Um, stop them from advancing. Yeah, my my only criticism is that he didn't try putting it in rice. <laughs> and it's just funny. Like I think John, you mentioned it at one point with the crane communicator, where there's a battery pack in the back. All of these inventions are running off like Duracell batteries, or I know. you know D batteries, and they just keep getting foiled. It's unbelievable. Classic. I mean, we've all been there. That was the uh, was this late eighties, I guess. Yeah, uh, eighty eight. So, I mean, everyone's been foiled by a wet battery. (laughs) So it looks as though all is lost for the turtles at this point until Leo spots an electrical panel on the wall of the sewer. And he says, hang on, I got an idea. I know what we can do here. He uses his katana to cut loose one of the conduits. It drops down into a puddle on the ground and the electrical current kind of hops across a couple puddles hits all three monsters at once and shrinks them back down into their egg form. 
And the turtles are amazed. Donnie, I think, says, hey, how did you do that? How did you know? And he says, I actually heard Baxter saying if we could hit them with enough energy, they would be reduced down to their normal size or their egg size. So as this is happening, as usual, Baxter and Shredder are escaping through a sewer or a manhole in the ceiling. And uh, they get away before the turtles can can redirect their attention and try and stop them. The way that Shredder is hanging down from the sewer to like peep back in as he's like talking about to the turtles is unbelievable. He's like, like he's like bending over backwards. Like the way it first appears, I was like, how is he contorting to like do this? It was crazy. His head is like fully like it was wild. Yeah. And I, I love too how Baxter is just like a puppet and he's just shouting the same thing. Shredder says there will be others. Yeah, at the end. There. Yeah, which is like a very funny. I forget exactly what he says, but it was a very funny, like closing line to get out of there. Yeah, there will be others. They said it like twelve times. Yeah, because I forget what what uh, Leo or whoever, whatever turtle was shouting at him, but they just uh, Shredder says it a couple times, and then Baxter says it like three or four, and then they take off. Yeah. Um. So then the final scene of the episode, we're back in the turtle layer as usual at the end of these episodes. Splinter says that, you know, he hopes that the turtles weren't a valuable lesson for this. I think uh, maybe it's Raph or I forget who pops up or pipes up, but they say, yeah, we learned there's no such thing as a free lunch, which is your little joke to end it. And then um, Mikey actually walks in with a Michelangelo special pizza uh, and he has meatballs on it and everyone kind of panics and says, oh, wait, are these the alien meatballs? And he goes, no, 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 I didn't put the alien ones. I've got those right here. And he holds up a couple meatballs. And he actually has it confused because the other bowl on the table is the ones that have the aliens in them. So Mikey confused as usual to end the episode. But we get another pizza. So we get the Michelangelo special, which is, I'm assuming it's meatball. Yeah. Meatball pizza. Um, so we'll do, we'll start, you want to start with turtleisms? Or do we want to go into the, the pizza since we were just talking about them? Yeah, let's do turtleisms. I've got a whole list here. I'll just rifle through them real fast. Cowabunga! So, best episode so far, in my opinion. We also have the most turtleisms. Yeah, a ton. Oh, There's a ton in this episode. So, we got <clears throat> Cowabunga, Tubuloso Dudes, Fabuloso, Tin Face, Tin Face Geek, Cowabunga, Saved by the Shell, Peel Rubber, Turtle Assault Team, Turtle Power, Story of the Year, Radical Concept Dude, Burn Rubber, Holy Guacamole. No problemo, dudes. Cowabunga. Fighting with honor. Fabuloso and mellow out. So again, the, 90% of these are Mikey, but uh, definitely at least three Cowabungas in here. So I think yeah, our, the, our most dense Cowabunga show we've had. The only other one I had was Mega Move, which was a Mikey Ooh, one. And nice. I actually, I, I noted who said each one. We got, this is the first episode we've had a turtleism out of every member of the team. So oh, yeah. everyone has at least one, and then April actually has her story of the year too. Yeah. What did what was Raph's? Raph said, um, "Tin, Tin Face, Face Geek." Geek. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, when they're at Little Italy. Oh, yeah. So what's that like? Over a dozen. I didn't count them up, but I have one, two, close three, to twenty. I have like twenty-two total. Yeah, twenty-two. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Good work, John. All right. Yeah, as always, John's favorite segment. <laughs> so, I thought about writing them down, but I was like, there's a lot here. And 
Oh, and somebody else will. Yeah. One day. Yeah. So it's it's funny. I checked on the list. I checked Andrew's notes because I know you track some to make sure I didn't miss any. And then you guys had created the the show card for this week, so I saw Turtleisms there, and it was just empty. I was like, oh, maybe John put him in his notes. No, oh, nice. No. You filled them. Yeah, I saw you fill. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll move now to our villain power ranking. Yeah, so we have our villain power ranking on the screen. Um, and if you don't mind just reading what the current order is. Yeah, I'll run through it real quick. So Baxter rocketed to the top of the standings after last episode. So he's number one. Then we've got Shredder, Krang, Mutant Plant, and General Trag and Granitor rounding out the top five. The Eye of Sarnoth Monsters, which was from last episode at six. Rokil Rodney's, Mausers, Omnis, Bebop, Rocksteady, Punks. Crook Ninja Turtle Gang and Foot Soldiers round out the list from last episode. Perfect. So, John, we'll start with you since you set out the Turtleism segment. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on the current ranking? If you'd want to make any adjustments or if you like it as is, I I think I'm okay as is. I think Shredder had a obviously good idea to get the to attract the turtles with the free pizza flyers in the contest but he did get embarrassed by the turtles in the pizza shop i think baxter really didn't do much to help or hurt his standings i guess i mean he knows how to operate the pizza transponder thing so i think steady state is where i'm at yeah i i think i agree i don't see shredder or Baxter moving up or down based on this episode. Yeah, I would agree. They were tied at the hip for the whole episode, doing everything together. So yeah, I, I'm fine with that, what we have here. Um, so where do you guys think the pizza monsters should land? I think it's got to be below Krang above Mutant Plant. These things are treacherous from a monster standpoint yeah i think the question is though because the eye of sarnoth you know were they better than those monsters because i i'm kind of in the same boat i have them around the mutant plan Eye of sarnoth monster area so around like four five six seven somewhere in that range yeah so i think Personally, I think the Eye of Sarnoth monsters fought the turtles more effectively. Yeah, because it trapped two of them, right? Yeah, but what, what dragged the Eye of Sarnoth monsters down were the stone monsters that were on the yeah. bridge deck. Like, they just got taken out instantly. So, I, if I had to place them, I would keep the Eye... I'd put them just below the Eye of Sarnoth monsters, but I could see either way. Well, I'm kind of like, I don't know, General Trag and Granitor. Yeah, they've been I'm out getting, for a while. Getting over them, yeah. Inactivity yeah. is not helping them. So do we move, I guess, should it go Mutant Plant, Eye of Sarnoth Monsters, then Pizza Monsters, then Dragon Granitor? I think so. I think that's how I'm doing it right here. The problem with these things is they it's kind of like Omnis. They have so much potential, but they just weren't used effectively. Yeah. And you meant to put the Dragon Granitor down? Uh, well, I think that's possibly what we're doing yeah because i feel like they've they've been in in active yep 
Yeah. So something like this. Okay. So do we like that that order that's there now? Yeah. So we just slotted Pizza Monsters. We moved. Um. Well, we did a couple of things here. General Dragon Granitor moved down below the Eye of Sarnon. So they swapped. What was that? One, two, three, four, fifth place. So they move up from six into the five slot. General Dragon Grantor moved down um, to seven, and we slot the Pizza Monsters right in at six. So the top top six look like this: Baxter Stockman, Shredder, Krang, the Mutant Plant, the Eye of Zarnoth Monsters, and then Pizza Monsters at seven. I'm sorry, I like at that. six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. And then moving into our final segment for the day, pizza time. Pizza time. So based on last week's draft or last episode's draft, John, clear loser. What? Yep. So it's your turn to spin the wheel of pizza. Okay. That's fine by me. We are, we got, we got pizzas for days here. Yeah. 16 entries. There's two deluxe on there, Andrew? Yeah, we have a deluxe okay. and everything. And then an everything without the green. So I'll consider those both deluxe. Yeah. We also got second anchovy, or this will technically be the third time anchovies on the board, which also happened for the first time a few episodes ago with pepperoni. We had pepperoni and ice cream, which I ate, you know, I think episode three. But then pepperoni came back and it was on the wheel twice. Um when I when I spun it last, so pepperoni is the first three time appearance, and then anchovy also making its first third time appearance. I also yeah, added. Be, oh, go ahead, John. Say I'm going to be upset if I get anchovies. Yeah, I would be too. Um, I also be added, funny though you'd have to buy them again. <laughs> I mean, we use, but as I mentioned, we use them. I'm telling you, this Caesar dressing was fantastic. Yeah, that's how they do it. They like smush them down with a fork in the restaurants. And yeah. They make it. So we, I also added, besides the deluxe, I added the tomato sauce pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, we have anchovy and then the Michelangelo special, which we are considering meatball. So those are all yep. on the board. John, would you, John, would you like a shuffle or do you want to keep it as the board is? Keep it as it is. All right. I think, well, can I say, I think we, like, we have two of the same thing right next to each other. It doesn't matter. It's the odds should be the same. Yeah, yeah. Odds are the same. I thought about that, but it's yeah. It doesn't matter. We'll give it up to the uh, the spinner, and yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we weren't able to because we had a shorter, uh, you know, week this week in between episodes. So we'll get to the Twitter polls starting with this episode uh, on Wednesday when it goes when it goes live. So, John. You ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Spinning now. Come on, anchovies. No oh, sashimi, sashimi. No oh. Stop. Pepperoni. Oh, chocolate, that? chocolate and caramel. Right. Chocolate chips and caramel fudge. I'm with that. I can no try. dessert pizza this time. Yeah. Get Cheese All right. pizza. I know. No dessert pizza, yeah. I can make this good. A little caramel drizzle. Oh no, caramel fudge? The fuck is that? Yeah, fudge and chocolate chips. Fuck. What am I going to get? What am I going to get? That's going to be gross. 
All right. Uh, any final words before we end the episode for today? Um, I mean, overall, best episode yet, in my opinion. I think the next one's also a good one. It's called Enter the Fly, I believe. Oh, so, this is uh, where, do we get that guy from the video game? Yeah, so this will be, spoiler, spoiler alert for everyone, this will be where Baxter Stockman gets transformed into the fly. That's awesome. Wow. I'm excited for this episode. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be great. It's a good one. It's a good one. So uh, looking forward to that. But overall, yeah, just, uh, you know, it's good vibes going all around. Yeah. John, anything? Yeah. Nope, nothing for me. Just John. Every time I host an episode, John is just dead air. Dead every air. Time. Dead ant. Uh, Chris, what do you want me to say? I John, you see, we do this at the end of every episode. You should at least have a little something to send off. A little Not something? Just, here's nope, here's my good. little something. One, I'm fucking hungry right now. That <laughs> pizza looked delicious. Two, actually, I do have something for you. A little tidbit here. So I've been gathering some questions and like things that I think would be funny to talk about. Which maybe as a little teaser, that's how we'll open up the next episode for all you people out there. Interesting. Nice. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks everyone. Yeah, check out the website, check out the social media uh, posts. Yeah, leave a voicemail and uh Cowabunga. Cowabunga. <laughs>